This is the Weekly Bull and Bear by WealthFest, a podcast for financial professionals. Each week, Drew Dockin and Grant Collins will have an in-depth conversation on what's happening in the markets. Hello, everybody. Today, it is April 28th, Wednesday. Markets closed on a down note. Dow Jones was down 0.48%. S&P was down very slightly. Saw volatility declined by 1.59%. Treasury was slightly down, but it more or less was trading flat. End of the day at 1.611. Grant, I know you were talking a little bit about Apple earnings before. Uh, What do you have for us? Well, it's the latest company that had phenomenal Q1 earnings. Really, they blew out the the first quarter, announcing sales were 54% higher than last year, significantly stronger. We also saw that Alphabet, Google's parent company, had phenomenal earnings, almost doubling their their profits. Uh, And then Qualcomm also had a great. So we see the tech sector continuing to have really strong earnings. This could be because a lot of companies foregoed their their forecast for the upcoming quarters. Uh, so conservative analysts could have been more conservative. Uh, but overall, even just compared to last year or a couple of last quarters, we are seeing record numbers. Yeah. In terms of the job market, there's kind of a dichotomy going on. We'll get into that in a little bit. But first thing I want to focus on is that the labor market's definitely been heating up and there's fewer people seeking unemployment benefits. Uh, we saw that claims for the week ending April 17 uh, totaled 547,000. That was about 50,000 better than expected. And, you know, overall, we're, we're just seeing strong numbers across the board. Well, it's a different picture from where we were last April, where we had a, a peak of 6.2 million file for joblessness claims. Um, before that, the previous high was in October of 1982, really starting to see some momentum in the job market. It's going to continue, in my opinion, to grow as we move into the summer's months. Vaccinations begin to continue to increase. Uh, don't be surprised if we see uh, job creation ab- above a million this month. Yeah, Nat West Markets Chief um, and U.S. Economist Kevin Cummings uh, more or less stated that, you know, a million could be a reasonable number. Uh, right now, their model is at 525,000 jobs a month. I uh, was thinking that might be a little bit conservative at this point. Um, and so, so I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously, a lot of it's been <clears throat> due to increased vaccines. And um, we even seem to have a surplus in some areas. I saw we're shifting some AstraZeneca over to countries in need. Um, you know, because our supply is really that strong and and in momentum for the next few months on the job front should be should be pretty steady. There are there is one uh, glaring factor about the employment uh, jobs market that we should talk about. And really, that is that a quarter, 25 percent of the unemployed workers in the United States has been out of work for at least a year, uh, which is pretty staggering if we think about the people having to dig into their savings, not being out of the workforce for a year. Will they be competitive if they try and enter? That is a very large number. So about 2.4 million Americans have been unemployed for, for over a year, which is a pretty large number if you think about it. Yeah, I mean, a, a quarter is massive. Um, we have saw continuing claims from benefits drop 
But at the same time, we're still seeing 17.4 million individuals collecting benefits across a myriad of different programs. Um, and we are a couple behind, weeks behind in the continuing claims data, um, I should mention. But I mean, overall, that's a couple of factors. Uh, one was schools really slow to reopen across the country. Uh, I mean, you know, when you look at the science and you look at hindsight in 2020, I mean, there's definitely people who are making the argument that we could have had students back in school a few months ago. Um, and the other thing, of course, is that a lot of people are still waiting on second doses of vaccines and are wary of getting their foot in the water, uh, even to this day. So, And if you look at the hardest hit industries where a lot of these workers who have been unemployed for longer than a year are in the leisure hospitality sector because that hasn't fully recovered yet. We see that three million jobs in that sector have yet to return, which is, again, a large number of the of the unemployed population. Yeah, it's 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 pretty close right now. Um, I mean, long term unemployment is considered anything six months or more. And when we're looking at six months and more, uh, you know, that's about represents about 43.4% of all employed, um, which is very close to what it was during the Great Recession, which was 45.5%. A lot of people obviously think for for reasons we've discussed, but you have a lot of fiscal fuel um, stimulating momentum. And of course, this was a economic downturn caused by a disease as opposed to uh, systematic like like a major market risk. So like mortgage backed securities, right. like mortgage backed <laughs> securities. <laughs> Let's shift a little bit here to the global economy. We have seen that CFOs with their reporting earnings are upbeat about the global economy. We have seen in the U.S. specifically more CFOs are now citing cybersecurity is a bigger mm-hmm. risk to their business than COVID, which is a pretty drastic shift with the fiscal fiscal stimulus that we just had as well as Joe Biden uh, and, and his team working on a new infrastructure bill that could have a um, a big impact. And now we're seeing three quarters of CFOs, seeing Dow Jones hitting uh, 35,000 rather than falling back down. Drew, do you agree with their rosy uh, outlook for the global economy? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. This, despite how frothy the markets are and we're looking at price and earnings multiples and everything else, uh, the fact that you do see around 75% of the CNBC Global CFO Council um, indicate that they they see uh, there's there's more growth. Growth is more likely than a contraction. They gains are expected to vary in geography. Right now, <clears throat> expansion outlooks looks good in the United States. It looks good in China, and then it looks good in the broader Asian Pacific uh, when we're excluding um, China and Japan. So those are the three reasons they look outlook looks good, but at the same time, um, every other global region is stable. Uh, the U.S. missed a double dip recession, which we're seeing right now in uh, many places in Europe due to uh, a very slow vaccine rollout uh, and, and, and and additional lo- shutdowns, and additional lockdowns. Right, so they're expected to be six months behind us, but at the same time, outlook is stable; it's not deteriorating. Um, you know, in, in Europe, at least. We have also seen companies bottom lines getting a boost from reopening. Uh, didn't see that big of, of a stock jump. As you mentioned, we did finish down as an overall market. Uh, so continuing to see that the reopening 
is pushing some stocks up. We are have seen that as earnings, a lot of beating expectations, seeing revenue driven and profits. So as we had the example of, of Apple earlier as well. Yeah, I mean, the S&P is, you know, as we speak, is up roughly 11 percent. But we've definitely had some choppy trading days. And just because a lot of this a lot of what we're looking at in terms of pricing has been built in um, to what we're seeing now in terms of uh, economic recovery. Uh, the, I mean, most things, industrials were, were you know, earn, solid earnings, uh, steel solid earnings. Uh, the only exceptions are really the bright spots is railroads. Um, when you're looking at Union Pacific uh, and Kansas City Southern and those kind of companies, but bad weather uh, could be part of that. Um, but yeah, I, I just think that, you know, you're, you're looking at peak prices and um you know so 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 some people say expect some a little bit of choppy trading one thing that we have seen drive a rosy outlook is the new infrastructure plan that Joe Biden is proposing we did see senate republicans outline their infrastructure bill uh about a quarter of the size of the president's 2 trillion so there the GOP package is looking to cost a little over uh, $500 billion. They've outlined it looking mostly at railroad bridges, uh, broadband, airports, drinking water, railroads. Seems like this uh, is a good sign um, that this is the first initial offer and they'll go back to the table to negotiate some of the numbers, maybe meet somewhere in the middle. Uh, but it does seem that there is uh, some support for uh, at least some type of infrastructure bill. Yeah, I mean, Joe Manchin was gushing about it, uh, the prime minister of the United States, so to speak. <laughs> so uh, the ball's in his court. Uh, I mean, Republicans obviously, you know, expected the party has some concerns that they're pushing corporate. They're talking about pushing corporate tax rates from 21 to 28 percent to fund a lot of this spending, um, which, you know, they're, they're trying to find ways to <clears throat> finance it, but avoiding, you know, Jacking up the corporate tax uh, is certainly more targeted. It is looking at infrastructure the way we would classically think of it: uh, railways, airports, you know, transit, broadband, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, I, I do think that the narrative has been kind of crazy. I I don't know why the Democratic Party didn't just label this as a jobs plan because that's what it was. So I mean, elderly. I mean, we can talk about elderly housing. I, I mean, I, obviously, I I do think that should be considered um, infrastructure. You, you have a, child care, child care. A, a lot of this is important, but I, I think a lot of it was lost in the minutiae of and the optics of, oh, should is this infrastructure? Are you infrastructure? You know, it's, so it's one of those things. And of course, once you mentioned raising the tax uh, and corporations, the Republican Party, we're going to raise a red flag instantaneously. So. It is good to see that they they did come up with a plan and that they are willing to negotiate on that because that would still be another driver to stimulate the economy. Yeah, yeah, we'll see if we can get it done. Um, I don't, I mean, budget reconciliation was on the table, but I think you have a couple of Democratic senators, Manchin in particular, but also maybe Kristen Sinema, who want to pass this through regular means. So if that's the case, you're going to have to find a way to get to 60 um, in order to pass a bill. So... Yeah, we'll, we'll see. I mean, this can play out in the next couple months. But one thing we haven't really discussed, and it's obviously uh, 
really big topic in light of, you know, there's increased focus on um, climate change. Uh, we had certainly um, had quite a hurricane season, you know, a few months back, but um, is ESG funds. Um, and we've seen, you know, gains in, in a lot of the ETFs. Uh, there was a 151% um, gain by iShares uh, Global Clean Energy, um, you know, over over the course of, um, you know, several month period but um but yeah i mean there's just a lot more increased focus well you saw huge flows so by the end of 2019 there was about seven billion flowing into it uh then in the first three quarters we saw 10 billion and then the last three months of 2020 we saw 20 billion flow into it we saw uh, blackrock taking a bigger stance on uh companies that they're investing in to have more of an ESG presence or, or environmental focus for that matter. We're seeing ExxonMobil take some heat right now about uh, their plans. Overall, I think the reason why we're seeing such a shift uh, to ESG funds is really because we have more of a millennials transfer from baby boomers to millennials who are really uh, looking for the companies that they invest in to have products that are focused on ESG policies. Um, and really another big fa influential factor that, that we see listed here is, is uh, there's a growing number of women investors who are really focused on high quality portfolios and, and companies with their products providing solutions in an environmental and socially challenged way. Uh, so I think those are two big drivers for why we're seeing ESG continuing to, to have flows. Yeah, I mean, not to you know overstate the point, but there's definitely make the argument that you're you're witnessing a third industrial revolution um, from everything from wind energy to Tesla to uh, capturing capturing waves and you know and nuclear power everything else. So um, yeah, it just it's just a byproduct of a lot of where the R and D and and capital infusion is coming from. Well, and these companies have performance as well, right? So the top ten performing ESG funds over a 12-month period through March, uh, had a couple of triple-digit performers. So the iShares Global Clean Energy ETF had 151% gain, <laughs> which is pretty significant. Uh, there, there was a couple other in, in those top performings that, that also performed that well. We did see a bit of a pullback uh, in the first quarter returns here, but you know, overall, uh, they they have the performance. They have a good story to them, which investors always like. So I think they're they're here to stay. Mm -hmm. One thing we should talk about is the pandemic has led to some major shifts in terms of what the world's biggest economies look like. We have seen U.S., China, Japan, and Germany. They remain unchanged. Those are still the top four spots. But uh, you did see. Brazil um, get knocked off the list, uh, and also uh, the India has now fallen behind the United Kingdom. Um, it was the world's fifth largest economy in 2019, and it's in sixth place behind the UK last year. Uh, India started off the pandemic with, you know, much much smaller reportings of cases, but right now it seems to have definitely transferred, and they are in a major crisis in terms of in the exponential growth of cases and obviously with a population density like India, it's very, very, very difficult to socially distance. It, it yeah. really is. Yeah. Uh, and, and 
the way that they are looking at the top 10 economies is on nominal GDP. So the estimates of market value of all finished goods without changes to price levels, just to mention. Uh, And really, I think the story here is the countries that were hit the hardest have suffered, their economies have suffered the most with strict lockdowns, which is to be expected. As we mentioned, India now has strict lockdowns. They're having a, a, a rebound like they haven't seen before. Brazil also went from, as you mentioned, the ninth to the 12th uh, largest economy. And they also reported the third highest uh, COVID case, number of cases as well as the second largest death toll globally. So that's that can, you can see why the, the, the economy took a, took a big blunder there as well. Yeah. And when we're talking about Brazil, the IMF actually projected that they won't crack the top 10 until at least 2026. So they'll be they'll be out of the running for 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 quite some time. Um, and and, and I, I believe it was South Korea who took their place. So and they had a great response to COVID and, and, and had a, a good plan in place. So you can see that the, the yin and yang there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, obviously we've talked about tech and everything else. Well, South Korea is a major developer of semiconductors. So. Everything we've talked about tech uh, over this last year has definitely applied to applied to them as a market. Um, yeah, uh, anything we might have overlooked here, Grant? Uh, just a couple things upcoming. Uh, we do see that Allbirds, the shoe company that has become popularity, is uh, engaging with banks, interviewing banks over the last couple of weeks or next upcoming weeks uh, about an IPO, looking at a market valuation of one. Uh, 0.7 billion, which would be uh, another good IPO in a, in a pretty hot market right now. One other thing is we did see that Apple had an update where they're really, uh, I would say, targeting Facebook and some of the other apps that track you uh, using your data. So it will be interesting to see how Facebook and, and Apple compete because Apple is really taking a stance on on privacy. So if you've looked at your, if you got the latest update on your Apple phone, you can see that you can turn off uh, it, when people can track you. And, and and so it's very interesting to see how those two juggernauts are going at each other. What about you, Drew? Well, this is a ways off, but there's candidates, uh, potential candidates for a new Fed chair. Um, uh, you know, there's, uh, but, but overall right now, you know, as, as kind of the list gets sorted out, most people believe that President Joe Biden will renominate Jerome Powell. In fact, the CNBC Fed survey from April found that 76% of respondents believe that he should renominate Jerome Powell. So, you know, I do think that's the likely scenario, but um, cases will be made to the contrary. All right, everybody. Uh, hope you have a terrific week. Thanks for all the likes and subscribes. Uh, we'll talk to you again next week, and we're out. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the host and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of WellFest. The mere appearance of content on the site does not constitute an endorsement by WellFest. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. WellFest does not make any representation or warranties with respect to the accuracy, applicability, fitness, or completeness of the content. WealthFest does not warrant the performance, effectiveness, or applicability of any sites listed or linked to any of the contents. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. 
Investment and investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal.